I highly recommend that you do the inner work to become confident, the inner work to believe so deeply inside of yourself. And that seems impossible when you struggle with imposter syndrome. It does. Being able to connect the energy in your body. So once you heal the traumas and or you develop a practice of that, then you're able to connect to the energy in your body from there and use it to heal this, heal further the core wounds and really start to feel confident inside of yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode 129 of the Free Retiree Show podcast. I'm your host, Wealth Manager, Lee Michael Murphy. And today I am flying solo. My buddies Sergio and Matt are off. For today's interview, we have a great guest for you, Jordana Ayer. She's a world-renowned business coach that specializes in helping people with metaphysics. She helps people channel the energy in their body to overcome personal challenges and become better leaders. In today's discussion topic, we go in-depth on how to utilize metaphysics in your personal and business life, and we also discuss how to overcome the challenges involved with imposter syndrome. It's an email that we get all too often of folks that are in the workplace that feel they are not valuable enough or not good enough, and we thought we could utilize Georgiana to help explain what imposter syndrome is and how to overcome it. Hopefully you get a great deal of information out of this episode. It's a good one. So hope you enjoy it. Without further ado, Jordana, how are you doing today? Hey, Lee, I'm doing fabulously. Yeah, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. So I've seen you on LinkedIn and your content is fantastic. You deal with giving people expertise and becoming better leaders, but you do in a way that I've seen that is very rare dealing with the spiritual side of things. How did you become an expert in this? Good question. So for, uh, on one level, what I do followed me, like it started to guide me from a really young age, but how did I become an expert? I failed a lot. (laughs) I had many chapters and layers in my earlier career. So my first forms of leadership were actually in social services and then in bilingual teaching. So I was leading boards and social services, groups of social workers, that sort of thing. And the systems were fabulously broken and I would try to stand up. And a lot of the people that I was leading would be really receptive. And then sometimes I would get fired and I had to learn the hard way how to let this like greater power this more authentic version of myself and authentic version of what I knew the world needed. I had to learn the hard way how to let it flow through me. And so it was inside of that failing and this the fits and starts that I ultimately in the biggest failure I had where I lost two and a half million dollars getting my first business off the ground. I had two and a half million dollars of investment at the table. Two and a half million dollars of investment at the table. I had just moved to the Bay Area literally the same day I was in the driving my U-Haul up to the Bay and the market crashed and my investors immediately pulled everything out as they were moving me up. Right. So inside of that biggest failure, Ultimately, I crashed so deep down into the self, so deep into imposter syndrome, so deep into just how crummy I was feeling inside of what I knew was possible. And it was that deep digging that ultimately led me back out into this level of leadership, into recognizing metaphysics, into really discovering how the spiritual and the emotional actually cultivates the physical of our business Wow! or our career, whatever we desire to create in the physical world. 
So did you struggle with any feelings of imposter syndrome before that event? And then how did the event change those feelings? I did. So from 11 years old on, I was a leader. And at the same time, like literally I started my first club in junior high school, training people to do non-clinical counseling with each other. Don't ask me how that happened. I don't even fully remember, but I was leading people from 11 years old, but at the same time, also exactly from 11 years old, I had the worst eating disorder, one of the worst eating disorders I've maybe ever seen. Okay. But you wouldn't have known it because the way I worked around it, like I always carried extra weight, you could kind of see, but I just look kind of chubby. And I went and worked out a lot. So I would like crazily overeat, just like hardcore binge and numb and distract and avoid. And then I would go work out and then I would get back to the grind of what I was creating. And I did this from 11 until around the time that I lost the investment actually. And that was about 28, I believe I was 28 or 29, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And then it was between that 28 and 29 and maybe like third, early 30s. It took me to really do the deep work where I actually had overcome the addiction. But all of that period of life, I had my first corner office when I was 20 years old. But I also got fired from that job because my addiction was so bad that I stopped showing up to work occasionally because I would overeat and not be able to get out of bed. I kid you not. I've actually never told anybody that before. So, so boy, did overeat. I have imposter syndrome. You would overeat and you could, wow. So people that can't see you, you look phenomenal. <laughs> and I, you look like a perfect, perfect shape. So that's really interesting. Wow. So overeating. That's, I was Who thinking knew, the right? other way. Okay. So I like imposter syndrome kind of came with the deal because I knew that there was this power inside of me. I knew that I could do great things, but I also for years and years was not able to fully rise up in those great things that I wanted to do because another part of me was constantly holding myself back. And because I had this secret that nobody knew until my early thirties, when I started actually really coming out of the closet with it. And then realized, oh my God, everybody has some variation of things that they hold back or that they think aren't okay about themselves or that they use to numb and distract and avoid when they are in the trenches of where they actually need to do the deepest work. Yeah. And fighting imposter syndrome, I see it all the time in Silicon Valley. A lot of people, they do great work, but they never feel like their work is justified or that they were as good as their colleagues. So Unfortunately, there's a certain level of self-promotion, I feel like, in the corporate environment where you kind of have to go to bat for yourself a little bit. But if you feel like you're not worthy, you tend to get overlooked. Sergio talks about this all the time is you kind of have to go to bat for yourself. So how do people that are struggling with this imposter syndrome where they feel like I can't talk good about myself or even exemplify the work that I'm capable of or bring it up in meetings because I just don't feel like I'm worthy? How do you go about making that change? And how did you do that? after such a devastating period of your life where you lost that big investment? It's a really good question. It took more of the long game to what I'm about to describe and what I'm about to describe is no longer the long game. Okay, so some of you might hear what I'm about to say as if it were the long game, it would have been the long game years ago, the world is changing. I work with a lot of people inside of Silicon Valley and that type of those levels of IT, those levels of technology, healthcare industries where ego rules historically. 
the way I overcame it is I realized I cannot fake it. I'm not going to fake it until I make it. I am not going to bulldoze to get to the top. I'm going to excavate what doesn't belong inside of myself so I actually believe it. So I actually feel those levels of confidence and embrace them and embody them and can rise up and go, holy shit, I am powerful. Now that used to be the long game, right? Because there's ego flashing everywhere, especially in industries where there's a lot more money rolling around, where there's a lot more potential to have societal versions of success. There's so much ego and it looks like that would be the long game because you've got to defend yourself with these big egos who are going to get the job or make more money than you if you don't immediately fake it till you make it, right? That is changing. I'm seeing people on LinkedIn publicly leave their high level roles going F this. The board wasn't interested in humanity. My investors weren't interested in humanity. I'm out. I'm starting bigger and better things. I have plenty of clients who are leading decently sized, well-funded companies who will only hire people who really believe deep down that they are what they, that they embody that confidence because they really want to bring it and not be ego. Mm -hmm. So how do you get there? Instead of faking it till you make it, I highly (laughs) recommend that you do the inner work to become confident, the inner work to believe so deeply inside of yourself. And that seems impossible when you struggle with imposter syndrome. Okay. It does. But I'm willing to bet like each of you listening right now, especially those of you that struggle the most with imposter syndrome, I would ask you, has there also ever been a time where a part of you felt deep down that there was this like power inside of you that maybe you were even scared of it? Or maybe it felt like you might explode if you let it all out, this like superhero version of yourself. Do you believe that child inside of you that felt that? actually could have been right. And when you start to come home to that and do the work to find that version of yourself, you will far surpass the people who've been faking it till they make it to get the, be the big dogs who Mm -hmm. actually run people over. Because again, that's not how the world's going to be working anymore. Yeah. I think that fake it till you make it, that's everyone's answer. Uh, You kind of nailed it. Everyone's like, oh, just fake it till you make it. You'll get there eventually. But it's not that easy. I mean, in a lot of these places, these top companies, the competition, you can only fake it so much. Like you're, you have peers that are highly intelligent and there's a high level of expectation. So when you're talking about working on this, I'm really curious, like, how do we start to work on it? That's, this is your metaphysics methodology, I think is extremely powerful, but not many people have heard of this, but like, how do we start? Great question. So first of all, I would put down all of Anytime you've been told that you just have to believe or that, I mean, you do have to believe, but it's not that simple, right? So anytime you've been told that you just need to think positively or you just need to visualize yourself successfully, those things can help, but they also can sugarcoat and like wallpaper. It's basically you're putting unicorn and lollipop wallpaper over (laughs) is there. And so you still feel it and therefore other people will still feel it, right? So the deep work, like the very, very first step that I recommend for everyone, and this is what I do with my clients too, you've got to connect to the energy in your body. And this is challenging when you struggle with imposter syndrome. It might seem impossible because the mind 
starts to, the mind starts to overtake and it will try to fix things or it will try to like the stories of not enough or the stories of self-doubt, the mechanisms of the way the mind works and self-doubt works that deep, those deep layers of self-doubt, you cannot fully unhook them with the mind alone. That old adage, you can't fight fire with fire. It's the same with the mind. Like we cannot fight the mechanisms of the mind that try to control us or that think that we're not enough, the mechanisms of the mind that are working against us, quote unquote, we cannot actually fight them or overcome them with the mind alone. So when you connect to the energy in your body, you're able to let go of the thoughts that are like the biggest ones that are in the way. And then the energy in your body will actually start to transform what's in your mind too. Now there are ways to use the mind ultimately, but it's got to start with the energy in your body. The energy in the body. So for me, I'm thinking, I'm not very in touch with all this. So this is very a new concept for me. But the energy in my body, I mean, I have indigestion from time to time. Is that the energy? I mean, it can be. <laughs> it literally can be as simple as, whoa, my gut tends to feel really weird around this time or when I this or that. But it's the more connected. Like, Lee, do you work out much? And I, I'm not attached to any answer, but you know I, what? I, I have just started. <laughs> it's interesting you bring this up. I've generally been a lazy POS for the last like few years, but I just started getting back into working out and signed up for this gym called F45, where it's pretty intense workouts. And then I'm back into lifting. So for the last three weeks, I've actually started like I have re- reached my workout total for the last half a decade in the last like three weeks. So I'm that is amazing. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. My doctor kind of said it was necessary. So that's the only reason. <laughs> Not like I'm a self-motivator or anything, but it was either that or these pills. And I'm like, ah, I'll start, I guess I'll start making some changes. But yeah. Sometimes I, I, we need the kick in the butt. Yeah. Well, so what I'm wondering is when you work out, now that you've begun to work out, after a good workout, do you feel more peaceful, present, more like if a challenge were to come your way, you could actually be like present with it. I do. I do. I have, I felt this a more, it's interesting. Like it, it, yes, you have a little bit more energy, but I also feel a certain calm as well yeah. to dealing with these sort of things. Just a slight difference. It's only been a three mm-hmm. weeks, but you feel that. Yeah. So when this is connecting to your body now, mind you, I have worked with literally professional, I've had multiple clients or professional athletes who come to me like, well, but I work out all the time and I'm still not, it's all how you use it. That's like literally maybe my very favorite phrase. It's all how you use it. (laughs) I could give you psychedelics and you could use psychedelics to find God or get closer to the universe, or you could use them to numb out and escape. It's all how you use it. Same with exercise. But when you use it to connect to your body, you become a lot more capable of discerning and sensing and hearing or listening or seeing what's actually going on in the body. And then you can learn how to wield it. Why is indigestion there? Or what is that energy of indigestion actually trying to do to protect you? When you're connected to the energy in your body, you'll be able to sense that. And then you can learn what to do with it from there. So what are some of the common ways that other people find their energy or spot their energy? So everyone is different. Many of my clients, and this tends to be very common of those who struggle the most with imposter syndrome, people who struggle with imposter syndrome usually feel pretty deeply. 
If you are a deep feeler, you're going to sense the energy in your body on a feeling level. Like you're going to feel it, right? And this is actually what causes a lot of people to avoid it and like numb out and just use the mind to control because we don't want to feel at all, right? Too much to feel, right? So I can also, I teach my clients how to allow themselves to feel what they need to feel, how to feel safe with that, right? So some people feel, some people just know that it's there. Some people can literally see it. Some people can hear even like quite literally hear noises. There's so many variations of how we become aware of what's going on in our own individual energy field, as well as how it connects to our outside world. But everyone has the capacity. And I say everyone, like I have clients who are autistic, who it's very common for people with autism to say, I don't feel, or I can't feel. Now, not all of them do, but it's common. And a lot of that is because autistic people also feel pretty darn deeply when they let themselves, right? So I have a lot of clients that are like, no, but I could never feel before. It's a process of getting those protection mechanisms out of the way, getting, uncovering those traumas, really healing the core wounds of the traumas that have been trying to protect you from being able to connect the energy in your body. So once you heal the traumas and you, or you develop a practice of that, then you're able to use, you're able to connect to the energy in your body from there and use it to heal those, heal further the core wounds and really start to feel confident inside of yourself. When it comes to finding this energy, what is that process like? Is this something that happens once or is this something that you need to make a practice that you're doing on a frequent basis? It is a practice. It is a practice and it doesn't need to be the kind of practice where you sit on a mountaintop for the rest of your life, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just the opposite. So it's very much a practice. It requires some dedication at first. When you're using this metaphysics methodology, how do you use it to improve like after you've done this beginning part where you've become in tune with yourself, you figure it out, which air, how your body feels. And then you're going through the process of, let's say just working out, Like, how do you utilize the working out to get to the results that you need mentally? It comes through the clearing process. So when you are connected to the energy in your body, then you're able to dissolve the core wounds that have been protecting you, the core wounds that are stopping you from having a healthier relationship between your inner and outer world, right? Mm -hmm. When you heal those core wounds, the mind starts to become a healthier part of the process. Now there is, it goes much deeper than that. I also have, so I have this model, this roadmap that I use for metaphysical mastery. And the third tier of the model is, I can't remember exactly how we word it, but it's something to the effect of, no longer intellectualizing your spirituality. It's, it's about amplifying your unique wisdom. So for my clients, once they've really ignited the wisdom that's unique to them, those things that you just know deep down inside that the world needs, or those things that are unique to how you sense the energy in your body or how your unique mind works, then we can work with the mind to start to further kind of clean house and use the power of the mind to help amplify how confident you truly are or how people see you or the natural influence and authentic power you have. So Georgiana, 
can you go into detail on unlocking metaphysics in business? I know you have five unique steps and I would yeah. love to hear more on those. Yeah, for sure. So the first one is connecting to the energy in your body, like we've been talking about, right? This is what brings you off the charts, self-awareness. I've worked with a lot of people who are like, oh, I've done all this inner work and I know that I'm very self-aware already. And then they hit this step and they really connect to the energy in their body and they're like, oh, whoa, okay, this is self-awareness. Like one of my clients calls it like a black belt in self-awareness as a mm -hmm. leader. So then once you've really unlocked and connected the energy in your body and you have that deeper self-awareness, then we can move on to what I call alchemy. Okay, now you may have heard of alchemy as transforming lead into gold, but there is emotional alchemy, spiritual alchemy, and what that is transforming the matter of your inner and outer world by dissolving core wounds. So this is about learning to get in touch with your trauma. And you may not have had trauma in your exact lifetime. Like you might, maybe you were abused as a child and maybe you're, you had a perfect childhood but there's ancestral trauma. There's trauma of living in today's world, <laughs> being born into this world with like crazy stuff happening, right? There's trauma of having a knowing, like a deep knowing inside of you and not having it met or seen by the world. So there's all these forms of trauma. And when you unlock the matter of your inner and outer world and you transform that matter by dissolving core wounds, you heal and grow from the trauma Okay, so it's alchemy, you transform it. And then you start to embrace and embody. This is where I said, you've got to really believe, like deep down believe that you are powerful, that you are meant to do these things that you feel called to do, okay? That's where we activate your unique wisdom. That's step number three, okay? And this is learning to embody your spiritual wisdom instead of intellectualizing it. Love it. I have worked with many people who have done decades of personal growth work who realize, oh my gosh, yes, but it's purely intellectual. I've been learning how to do personal growth work and not embodying the wisdom inside of me. I have also worked with many people who've done no personal growth work, but there's still this wisdom inside of them. People that like, if you ever have a conversation with somebody about the universe and they're like, I'm agnostic and here's why, and they'll start to tell you, and they're really digging into the questions of the universe. And they might not have done any personal growth, right? But still there's this intellectualization that we've been conditioned to do about our spiritual wisdom. And when we embody it, instead, we amplify our unique gifts. And not only do you believe in your unique gifts at that point, and you can show up in a boardroom or in a meeting and really believe in yourself, you learn how to use those unique gifts to get the job or to lead your team in this direction. So that's the first three steps. And then, I mean, as you can see at this point, you're like a master of your own inner world, right? And so from there, we can really step up into, okay, how are you interacting with your outer world? And that's where you find expansion and that's step four for us. And inside of that, you're able to, I teach you how to activate the laws of expansion by being supported, becoming supported by exponential structure and flow. So this is like structure and flow inside of you so that you hold yourself in confidence, but you also feel that flow of your unique, your unique wisdom. And then it's structure and flow inside of your business or inside of your career so that you like really show up and you're building consciously 
and you're following whatever steps you need to follow, but you do it with a sense of flow, with a sense of creativity, with the energies of expansion. What is and that? Then, when you describe this flow, like for someone that like me, who's like I said, a, a brick still trying to get in touch with their spiritual side, like how, what does that look like? Can you dumb it down? Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's a great question. So flow is, it's going to be unique and authentic to each person. Okay. So some people that their minds work inside of systems, like I have clients who are masters in IT and for them flow might actually be that they're really, their mind is inside of all of those systems and they're bringing it through creatively, but they're not getting lost in those systems. Cause that's common for people who have very phenomenal expansive minds for other people. Flow looks like their creativity is pouring out and they're focused on it and they get the creative projects done for other people flow is being able to move from one meeting to another and this you can have all of these too flow can be moving from one meeting to another where you're like okay now i need to put on this hat and i don't need a ton of time to transition to put on this hat because i'm embodying all of myself and all i have to do is carry myself into the next meeting and i'll show up the way i need to for that one the last one is where you really unlock your contribution in business and life and that's more formally unlocking metaphysical mastery. And when you unlock metaphysical mastery in business and life, you're able to like, you consciously are aware of the energy that is blocking your success, the results you want to get, blocking your relationships, et cetera. And you're able to both transform that energy and powerfully wield the energies that are there to support you. This is where you can reach into the future and grab it and go, okay, cool. The future is here now. And I'm going to build that. Those are great. I love all those questions. Embodying these spiritual gifts, like in your expertise, who struggles more with this area, men or women? Oh gosh, that's a great question. If I had to specifically separate and say men versus women, it would be men. Okay. And men like cisgender men. Okay. Gay men, go more on the side of women as well as non-binary people. Okay. Mm. People who, diff, you know, who don't choose gender, that sort of thing, as well as trans people tend to, because they've all embraced femininity to some extent. Women who have not embraced their femininity would also go back over the side <laughs> with cisgender men. Right. And uh -huh. it's okay. It's part of the process for everybody. It is, there is kind of a feminine, like the yin to the yang yeah. that guides us to embrace and connect the energy in our body. Very interesting. Going back to imposter syndrome, how, where do we, where do people make this change? If they say all these steps, these five steps that I want to apply to my life, like what, how do we start that? It's a great question. I mean, if they wanted to work with me, we'll give them a way to get going shortly. But Perfect. if you just want it, however you want to start, if you want to, if you want, I would recommend come to me, we'll get you started. But the very, very first starting point is really connecting to your body. What we were talking about, if you're not already working out, I do recommend that you develop some sort of a physical practice and it doesn't, it could be lifting weights or it could be yoga, or it could be going for walks where you're very conscious in your body. That is one of the very first steps. Again, there are ways to do that where you really are activating the energy in your body. The other, actually, no, let me back up. Here's the first step. Okay, whether you choose to do this with me or try to do it on your own, which can be challenging, but it's everybody can try. So the very first step, no matter what, is to admit that you're the only obstacle. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. Now I want to be clear, like there are obstacles out there in the world. There is such thing, such a thing as systemic oppression is absolutely real and it is holding people back. But at the end of the day, everything is connected and your consciousness is connected to systemic oppression, like it or not, no matter what obstacles you're facing, when you recognize, oh, wait, no, I'm the starting point. It starts in me then you're able to take a much deeper level of responsibility. When you said going through these workouts, like whatever it is that floats your boat, what's the mindset? Is there a mindset when going through or just simply working out? Is there, is there a way that you do your workouts? This might be different than myself. Yeah. So one of the key things that I do when I am in any sort of a physical practice, whether I'm hiking or at the gym or on my yoga mat, I visualize my body. So you've got to actually know your anatomy. If you don't have to be an expert in anatomy, but you have to at least be able to, okay, there's these bones connect, there's blood flowing through. And when you visualize the movement of your body and you start to connect to the movement and connect to how supported you are in the structure of your body, this is actually where like, you know, the very top of my model is, well, the fourth of the five tiers is activating the laws of expansion to become supported by structure and flow, exponential structure and flow. But it starts with the structure and flow in your body. So when you're working out, connect to the structure, start to notice like, oh, your hips support your spine, et cetera, et cetera. And it all connects and you are so supported in you. And when you visualize that support system of your physical anatomy and body, you will unlock elements of flow in the energy too. Yes. It's a practice. It's very much a practice. There are also ways to activate and ignite your ability because everything's energy. We mm -hmm. can do energy work. Let's talk about your course that you put together. So for people that are interested in like really trying to master this and start their journey, maybe if they're like me, the brick that's trying to get more in tune with their <laughs> spiritual energy to get better in their professional life. Talk about this course that you put together. Absolutely. So I actually have a couple of different programs. Everything is based around Sorcerer School. Okay. And in Sorcerer School, we've got Sorcerer School and Sorcerer School Foundations. So they're all connected. Everything inside of my course is based on what we call the spiral leadership model. Okay. So the spiral leadership model, inside of the spiral leadership model, we work with how you relate, how you communicate, and how you innovate from the inside out. So that everything inside of how you relate and communicate and innovate is like you're relating and communicating innovate with yourself first and foremost. And that cleanses you of the things that cause imposter syndrome, of the things that take away your confidence, et cetera. And then we can amplify how you relate, communicate, and innovate with your outside world. So it's all learning to work with those things as energy. And we have nine different components of the spiral leadership model. We call them nine leadership accelerators. And those nine leadership accelerators, it provides structure so that you can also activate the flow of your self-awareness, the flow of your inner connection, the flow of your ability to heal yourself and to grow on your own while you're at work. 
So the whole program, both of my programs in different ways, Sorcerer School is much more like hands-on. We work together for longer. There's a lot more that goes into it, but foundations is still a really great way to start if you just need to dip your toes in the water or if you have not done a lot of personal growth work yet and you just want to get started. They're both amazing. Inside of both programs, though, we've got like all sorts of systems and structures built to help you activate your connection to all of these pieces on the roadmap, as well as learn how to use them and wield them in your day-to-day -day life, business, et cetera. This class, how can people get it? Can you give us a website or? So, yeah. So instead of just hopping right into the class, we've got a free training that helps you to get settled in of what are these nine leadership accelerators we work with? What's in it for you? In the free training, I also walk you through a self-assessment so that you can get a gauge of where are you right now in your self-awareness as a leader, in your self-awareness as a self-aware human being too, because uh -huh. leader can mean all sorts of things, right? So I walk you through this self-assessment and I'll deep into what you need for some of those leadership accelerators to find results between inner and outer world. So they can get that. It's a free training. If you know right now, oh my God, I really would like to talk to you now, Jordana you will see hop into the free training anyway and it'll take you you'll see an option to book a call pretty quickly but don't worry about that if you just want to dip your toes in the water and you can just check out the free training because whatever because it has lots of great stuff in it for you no matter what so the free training you can find at i think lee you're going to put a link right yeah we'll drop a link in the show notes and they can also type it in it's grow dot modern day sorcerer slash free dash retiree dash show sorcerer is s-o-r-c-e-r-e-r so grow.moderndaysorcerer.com forward slash free dash retiree dash show but lee love will it. put a link in the bottom love it thank you so much Renata. this was like such a great conversation and i mean for me like i said like i'm trying to get more in tune with that spiritual side but you can't just fake it till you make it kind of like what we started the show with it's got to be deeper than that it's got to be part of who you are your spirit and if you get that handled you can address these things so many things but especially imposter syndrome and becoming a better leader so appreciate you yeah. so much for coming on our show i appreciate you lee this has been such a joy thank you all right you've been listening to the free retiree show so long for now Securities offered through Securities America Incorporated, member FINRA, www.finra.org, SIPC, www.sipc.org, a separate entity. Lee Michael Murphy is licensed for the California Department of Insurance, license 0H18660. Lee Michael Murphy is a investment advisor representative with Securities America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. The Free Retiree, Securities America Advisors, and Securities America Incorporated are separate entities. Career Advisor Sergio Patterson, Attorney Matt McElroy are not affiliated with Securities America Advisors or Securities America Incorporated. Securities America Advisors, Securities America Incorporated, and its representatives do not provide tax or legal advice. Therefore, it's important to coordinate with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. The content heard in this podcast is not intended to be tax, investment, or legal advice and is intended as general guidance only. You should contact your own tax advisor, financial advisor, or attorney to answer questions about your specific situation or needs before acting upon this information. Third-party sourced information or comments are not verified, may not be accurate, and are not necessarily representative of all client or audience experience. A portion of this event was paid by a third party.
The opinions of career advisor Sergio Patterson do not reflect the opinions of Facebook Inc. The opinions of attorney Matt McGorry do not reflect the opinions of Castaneda and company.